When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chemist Warehouse is now opened in Milford. Find us inside Milford Shopping Centre next to New World. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Yes, NetSky Rio. I'm just getting ready, lads, because I'm going to listen to NetSky this Saturday down here in Christchurch. My favourite DJ of all time. He's in the country, so I just had to let it play a little bit longer just to get us up and about. Ready to rip in for the next three hours. Izzy Kempe with Ricardo on SNZ for breakfast. It's just after six o'clock. I hope you've had a good morning so far. Whatever you're up to, you might be working a morning shift and we can carry you through the next couple of hours. A good, big good morning to the team up there in Auckland. you got Kempe, you got Ricardo, you got Robbie and you got Joey B. With a little bit of side of Aroha giving us all the up-to-date news. How you doing, lads? Well, um, yeah, Izzy, hey, look, I, I just want to say I was driving in this morning and I was thinking about my youth, you know what I mean? And uh, down at the Karaka Sales <laughs> on Monday, I, I ran into uh, Marty McKenzie's um, uncle, uh, Marty oh, yeah. and Damien McKenzie's uncle. He's a... He's a a good bloke, him and his wife, at the Karaka Sales, and um, he came up to me, whispered me, and he goes, oh, mate, um, really loving your shows in the morning, you know, like that. I just want to, and, and of course, you know, to all the rural people out there that are listening to us, you know, they're up there actually finishing their first uh, round of milking about around about now. They've been up, you know, around 4, 4.30 in the morning. Um, and just a big shout-out to everyone out there who's uh, had the cows out this morning, the ladies, got them in, feed um Fed them, fed them their milk into their, what do they call those, the vats? And uh, I just got me thinking. I remember I actually went out and did that. 
when I was a kid, I went out to a farm. No, I you did. didn't. I did. I went out and did some milking. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there isn't a hell of a lot that I haven't done. But I just got, I remember, I was thinking, I think what I was starting thinking was, you know, how many crazy people get up this time of the morning at 4.30? And then I thought, well, Alan does, and all the farmers do. And they get up there and they get the get out there in that paddock, especially down Taranaki, middle of winter, mate. Ooh, it's not a good it's not a good job. Did, You're did, freezing did, your nuts off. Did you do the old uh, <laughs> hop from one cow pat to the other in your bare feet when you were a kid out there? I'll tell you what, they, it is very warm. It is very warm, um, and it's mate. If you find any type of heat down there that in the middle of winter, um, the milk's also nice and warm too, and nice and fresh. Mm. And got plenty of that in you too. So, uh, yeah, I just thought about that to, to Marty's, um, Marty's uncle. I can understand why you're thinking of milking, Kempi. I can understand why you're thinking of milking because you are milking everything that you touch. Are you feeling his presence, Ricardo, like the Messiah? <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you what, there's an aura coming off him, eh? There is an aura coming off him. Oh, buy a lotto, Kempi. Well, read that message. I want to hear you read it, please. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, uh, it's funny, mate, because the first thing I thought about was um, Kevin from Titsurangi, you know, like, and so he sent one through this one. He goes, Kempe the Messiah. Every morning I wake up now, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> mate, that's a sad, sad way to wake up. And hurry up, $6.55, unbelievable. Three in a row. Even my wife knows your name, Kempe. She asked me, what numbers does he like for Lotto? <laughs> there you go. Since Friday, I've won 790 bucks, $40 with Robbie and 20 on each of yours. Kempe, I bet you could walk to Waiheke. You don't need fullers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly. Oh, tell me, Ricardo, you've, you've, you've followed one of those in. Look, I can't because I've got a... A little block on my uh, TAB account that lasts a week. So I can't. It was probably the reason they're winning. But have you followed Indian, bro? Ma- no. I've got to say no. <laughs> I, I, I had 20 bucks in my account yesterday and I went, do I do that or do I put a bet on the football? And so I backed myself on the football and I put a multi on three games of football yesterday and I got two of them wrong. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no wins oh. here. Rick Dog can, oh. can do love racing next week. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, keep it up, Kimby. You're absolutely flying. I love it. I love it. And I always know I was out on the golf course, and then I get a message with a little thumbs up and an excitement emoji from Kimpy and Louisiana man. Oh, man. You, the thing, like I said, you see, you tip them out, but the juicy odds. And they're getting people paid. And, oh, it's so good, mate. Well done. I'm looking forward to today's yep. seeing where Kempe goes. Who so knows? stay tuned for Love Racing at about <laughs> 6.50 this morning. But, Kempe, what have we got today on the show, brother? Yeah, we've got a big show today. Hot off the heels of Razor teasing the public yesterday about the AB's <laughs> job. We are going to talk with Gilbert Anoka. Of all people, ex-mental skills coach uh, for the ABs on his move to EPL Premier Club Chelsea in the UK. Then around 7.40, we'll talk coast to coast, the ride of passage for multi-sport athletes from around the world. Matt Callan will join us to share his experiences. And then after 8, we have our own more than just an athlete, the great part and segment of the week. And today we'll be joined by Stephen Thompson, who is doing some wonderful work in the community. Uh, to round out the show, Izzy, I caught up with New Zealand Māori Jordan Ricky yesterday before... 
running it straight just to get uh, his take on the Indigenous All-Stars game this week and, and how that week is for them leading into that game. We also have effort of the week and no doubt, no doubt today, Paulie Mawadi will try once again to throw the punters off the set. Big show. Let's go. <laughs> he did it. He, he did it because that came third, Paulie. I'm all over you. I'm all over you. Oh, Paulie Mawadi. Do not listen to Paulie. Listen to Kempe. Oh, Kempe. And just on that, you, you'll... Your partner, our good friend Mark from Tauranga, listen to this, Mark from Tauranga, he won the $50 TAB bonus bet. Well, he put that on Louisiana Man yesterday, and he's just donated the winnings to Child Cancer Foundation. Oh, he sent through a photo. 225 bucks is going through to Child Cancer Foundation. Oh, he's a champion. And, um, mate, you give us a call. I'll make sure you win it again so we can raise some more money. No, but, mate, honestly... That is kudos goes to you, Mark, from Tauranga. Doing good things. Nicely played. And, uh, yeah, absolute legend. Absolute legend. And, yeah, look, interesting, the news yesterday. <laughs> Let's, um, oh, the wee spanner in the works and uh, the NZR having to come out and get right into damage control. And it makes for a fair case, really. I was walking the fairways with um, the one and only Craig McMillan yesterday and we are talking about the situation and it just made me think. Fozzy, you know, like everyone's dying for change, but Fozzy's going to try and win a World Cup, and he, the, all signs are alluding to he's very disappointed with what's going on and, and kind of the way that, that Scotty's carried himself and, and maybe just preempted the, well, what's going to happen, really. But it's, a, it's an interesting case, Slads. It, it is an interesting case, but I don't see that that you know Scott Robertson's done anything wrong. He was asked a question, right? Now, as he, you put yourself in his shoes, you're asked a question about what does he know about the All Black job, and if he knows that he's got it, or he's had conversations that point to the fact that he's got it, he's going to be fizzing on the inside, right? Oh, how, how hard? How hard is it to keep a smile off your face? All he's done is <laughs> smile, and yeah. people have gone, "Oh, he's got the job." He's actually not <laughs> really done anything wrong. I don't think. <laughs> I think I think you touched, yeah. I think you touched on it yesterday. Is you know like when you get so many All Blacks that have, have decided to to um, call it quits, pull up stumps, and head overseas. Like it's an exodus. It's an exodus of mm. players, and then you've got Scotty on the back of it, <laughs> sort of teasing everyone. Like yeah, I, I like it. I really like it. Like the way that he. I don't. I don't disagree with what he's trying to do because he does know something. Um, what I what I what I don't get is that. They haven't learnt their lesson, New Zealand rugby, in and around communications, especially media. Like, get on the front foot. You're, you're always on the back foot, and in and in, um, you're trying to, to to fix problems that you know are just right there in front of your eyes. You know what I mean? So they need to come out. They need to come out and just get on with it. And people, I'm telling you now, people will just move on. But when you're teasing all the time, like you're saying, you know. I, it's it's like this. Oh, hey Rick, we've got this. We're going to lose all these people. What's the story we're going to put in front of that so they don't tell us about how we're losing all these people? Well, the story yeah. about Razor is bigger than the players that are going. It's <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm sitting there. We've got a laugh on my face. So I watched that little bit about Razor, and I'm just saying, just come out, like come out and just say it. Just front foot it. Front Get foot it done. It. Get it done. I, I think it was more the timing. That was the day the Super Rugby Old Picky was was being launched, and they didn't really want to take the limelight from that announcement, which is fair enough. Um, which this which is this is obviously has. So yeah, 
Look, it's it's a. I feel like he's got the job, but then I get a I get a sense like now, if you're Jamie Joe and his name's been thrown out, and he's stayed quiet throughout this whole entire process, he's never talked to the media, he's never really spoke to anyone. He's sitting there in his seat. Has he, because of what's gone on, gone in the good books for the NZR? Mm. And they backtrack and raise it again. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, look, I, I I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening, but. Yeah, you just you never know. The NZR, you, they're just so unpredictable at the moment. You just can't predict what they're going to do. They, they would have had those conversations, 100%. That's why he was smiling. And he would have had an offer and an opportunity. He probably hadn't had the contract in front of him. But it was all there. A bit like last year when it all went down and the offer was there, but it wasn't there physically. And then they did a full U-turn. So I get a sense this is what's happened again. And, you know, Razor, you can't control his excitement anyway. No, and you, and it's not the it's not new. Like you know, you've got a you've got a, a transition with England, Borthwick and Eddie Jones, and then you've got you know Vern Cox stepping out of the Fiji job. So it's not as if it's the first coach to step away from the World Cup before the World Cup's actually kicked off this year. So um, I think they can front foot it. I think they should just come straight out and say right, look, you know, to come out now and band aid it and say look, no, nah, we're going to m- try and make it go away. It's not going away. Yeah, I totally agree. Call us any time on the Kinnard's High phone line and give us your thoughts throughout the day. And coming up, we're going to get to our can't wait question of the day. And you could win a year's supply of Musashi Sports Nutrition thanks to the Chemist Warehouse and their mates at Musashi. Obviously, this is the hot topic at the moment. There's plenty of other topics because plenty happened yesterday. And I want to ask you, Ricardo, about this. Well, I don't know. Yeah, a bit of breaking news regarding the football Regarding the football and our team, our team, are they being sold? Yeah, it looks that way. It looks that way. Uh, so Raincorp, who uh, facilitated the sale of Chelsea, they are facilitating the sale of Manchester United. They have taken expressions of interest. Uh, they have to be in by middle of this month. Now, the, there's some people that we won't know about that have made bids or have made uh, applications, but there are some that we do. So Jim, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who owns... Ineos um, yep. and uh, and uh, is the big mining and oil guy. Uh, he's definitely in. Some speculation now that the Qataris are in, yeah. um, and so we'll be interested to see what that looks like because they can't own PSG and Manchester United and have them both in the Champions League. So oh. is that the same? A lot of Qataris, a different lot of Qataris. Don't know. Also, some American interest as well, apparently. Um, but yeah, we should know something more probably mid Feb. Conor McGregor. Nah. <laughs> 4.5 billion big ones here, Kempi. They're going to have to stump up with Pocket money for him. you got to, yeah. <laughs> you got to go to the East and yes. only the East can carry that kind of money. I think so. I mean, that's the thing. That, that since they've um, put it out there that they're going to sell or looking for investment, the share price of Manchester United has doubled since that's happened. Wow. So it's now currently valued on the stock exchange at $3.2 billion. Chelsea sold for two and a half billion, and that was the record. Um, I think the the biggest sporting franchise sale in recent times was the Denver Broncos last year sold for three point two five. So, wow! Yeah, some big, big, <laughs> some big coin, some big coin. Mind you, yeah. if you keep following Kempi, and you might be able to afford it. Manchester City. He's might, the Oracle. What's anyway. happening, Oracle? Oracle Kempi. <laughs> What's happening? What's I'm not, I'm Are not, they going to be sold? I'm not buying into anything. <laughs> Has Razor got the job? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, on that, let's rip straight into this. 
can't wait question of the day. Who is the next All Blacks coach? Yesterday, Razor's answer to a question from Ollie Ritchie seemed to suggest it was his and he knew what was going on. But New Zealand Rugby's response has been a little bit confusing. So who do you think the next All Black coach is? Is it going to change? Is it going to stay as Fozzie? Is it going to be Razor? Is it going to be a Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown team up? Or New Zealand Rugby really throw the cat amongst the pigeons and buy Eddie Jones out of his Australian contract. What's going to happen? That's the can't wait question of the day. <laughs> Eddie Jones, not a chance. Oh. Oh. Who do you reckon? That's Razors. That's Razors. That's Razors, yeah. 100%. Just, they're just having to do a bit of damage control because they didn't front foot the presser. And so they're trying to you know, get the ball back in their court, as they say. And so that's why they've come out and, and squashed it. And you can understand the frustration from Ian Foster. He's trying to prepare to win a World Cup. And then what happens if he goes and wins the World Cup? Ooh, awkward. Mm. Um, so <laughs> it's it's razors. I think Jace Holland gets in there with himself. And then Leon McDonald and with Jace Ryan. So there you go. I, I think it's definitely razors to, to boot. Yeah, I, look, I, t- I, I totally agree. I I think um, what we should be talking about is who are the next media managers of the NZR because they, honestly, once again, in damage control. And that, mm. if they don't come out today, do you think they'll come out today and try and try and scarper this? Because I would. I'd come out. I'd make a, I'd make a statement. And even if it was to say, look, we're going to make we're going to make the announcement on Friday or tomorrow. Um, just want to leave everything right there so everyone can get ready for this announcement. But they've got to come out. Say you're say you're the um, NZR. How would you approach what Razor's done? Do you, do you feel like they've got angry? Do they feel like they've got disappointed with him going out for that press conference, and then they've just put a block on him to shut up and, and not say anything more? Or do you just allow someone with a personality like that to continue on and just be who he is? Well, I, and that's why you love Razor, isn't it? Because he is who he is, and and I think that's what what um, people like about the man and I don't think it's his fault at all you know like the the, the problem with uh, New Zealand media and, and in sport especially there are no secrets you yeah. know what I mean you, you can't work in an organisation especially a national sporting officer so I don't want you to say anything and the amount of people that know you you just have to look at Aussie media and how they break stories days before they come out because they've got people working um, on the ground and know what's going on. I always think, I'll look, I'll give New Zealand cricket a big um, heads up for the way that they handle media. Your media's got to be uh, way out in front of the ball, not behind it trying to fix up little bonfires because if those little bonfires turn into a bushfire. And again, if they don't hurry up and jump on this, it's going to be a bushfire. That's a that's a really good point. And I, but I, I kind of... F- feel like if you've made the decision on Razor, you can't squash the bloke, right? And, and what yeah. he does offer us is he offers us some refreshing honesty. He's open, he's honest. Not everything has to be a secret. You don't have to control the narrative of everything, and that's what they it feels like New Zealand Rugby tries to do. Yeah, beautiful. Totally agree, mate. Uh, Charlie from Geraldine has given us a call, and we'll get to him just quickly before we shoot off. Charlie, how you doing? Uh, pretty good, mate, pretty good. Um <clears throat> Yeah, you're right about New Zealand rugby. They should they should just tell people what's going on before people who shouldn't be telling tales tell tales to the media and it gets out. Um, ideal scenario for me would be that Fozzie wins the World Cup with a, a squad that's all going to leave at the end of the World Cup 
and he rides off into the sunset, much maligned. And then Razor takes over and breeds a new All Black team um, mm. with no big superstars anymore because they've all gone off to catch the dollar. But I think that's what'll happen. And the Buller thing, if he takes over Fiji for the World Cup, that would really put the cat among the pigeons. Yes, love it, mate. Totally agree. Yeah, he's going over. He's got a chance to go win a World Cup. And then Razor Ray, we know what he's done with a young Crusaders type. They've forged on a bit of a legacy there. Appreciate your call, Charlie. You have a good day, mate. Be like Charlie. 0800 150 Give us a call on the Kennards High phone line. We're talking rugby with Razor Ray as he jumped the gun. NZR and damage control. Who is the next All Blacks? Coach, and well, if you give us a call and you're the caller of the day or of the year, you could win a year's supply of Musashi Sports Nutrition thanks to the Chemist Warehouse and their mates at Musashi. We'll shoot off. We've got a couple of messages coming through on the Temper bed, uh, Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. The Temper Bedpost text machine is running hot. We'll get to those shortly, but we've got someone on the Kennards High phone line. We've got Isaleli from Monaco. Isaleli, morning to you. Morning, Double. How are you, brother? Very, very good, for brother. Enjoy your, uh, appreciate your call this morning. What have you got on the next All Blacks coach? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, picking, um, I'm picking Razor to be the head coach, and I'm also going to put it out there that Leon McDonald will join them, and mm-hmm. would it be would it be would it be crazy to add David Rennie in there? No, no, definitely not, definitely not. Whether Dave would probably go and and be an assistant to Razor, we have to get that uh, information from himself. But here's a question for you, Sir Lily: what 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 would you think if Fozzie went on and won this World Cup? Because we've never really heard from Fozzie whether he wants to hand the realm over and pass the baton on. Yeah, um, like I said, I, like I'm a I'm a fuzzy fan from his days at the Chiefs, mm. but um, just in, you know, to me, and I think if he did go on to the World Cup and won it, I think he should do what Graham Henry and 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 all just go sit on the sunset, enjoy his enjoy his um his beer and just relax because he's done it, and then bring a yeah. blood and razor. Um, well, I'm not going to be biased or anything, but I mean, you know, when you have a Crusaders coach, ex-Crusaders coach, I should say, it's really like, you know, it's, um, <laughs> you know, they have a, a high success rate, if you know what I mean. Hey, so Lily, do you think with awesome. uh, Gilbert and Oka heading over to the UK to, to uh, be mentals coach, mental head, the, the um, skills coach of Chelsea, that the writing's on the wall, the changes are coming? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think when Gilbert, when, when I read that Gilbert was heading off um, to um, to the UK, I think that's where it pretty much starts. It's slowly starting, they're starting to filter them out a little bit. And um, when I watched that Razor clip, like, you could tell he wanted, he wanted to, he wanted to say something for all of us, but yeah, he, he can't, you know, because, you know, he's probably contractually ob- obligated not to say anything. So he probably already knows what, what role he's going to get or whatever. Um, mm. But, you know, I feel like, like last year that whole debacle with um, Mark Robinson and then, you know, that whole fuzzy issue when we dropped all those tests, I just thought New Zealand Rugby just didn't handle it properly. They should have, um, you know, um, they should have handled it better um, because yeah. everyone was always on Fuzzy's head. Oh, chop, chop, um, Fuzzy, he's, he's gone skis. You know, and then everyone's saying, bring in Razor. But I think now's the time um, for Razor to, 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 to jump on board because... 
you look at Razor, he just he gets along really well with the boys, you know. It's not just an on field thing, it's also an off field thing. He he can relate to the boys as well. Yep, beautiful. Totally agree with you, mate. Appreciate your call, Asileli from the Monaco region. Thanks so much, brother. Call us anytime. Call us anytime. Appreciate all your calls and especially yours, mate. Take care, have a good day. Cheers, man. Have a good one, boys. There he is, Saleli talking the Razor coaching gig at the moment. We'll shoot off. We've got plenty of Texas to get through. And we've got Tim from Christchurch on the other side who wants to have his we say. And we've got some headlines with the one and only Ricardo. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. The ICC has confirmed that the Oval is the venue for the ultimate test, the decider for the World Test Championship uh, later on in June this year. Tottenham's French international goalkeeper Hugo Lloris is set to miss six to eight weeks of the season due to knee ligament damage sustained in the club's recent 1-0 win against Manchester United. And Angus Crichton, uh, the Roosters' second row, is set to miss a significant part of the season after the club granted him leave to deal with personal issues. So there you go, those are your headlines. At Bunnings Trade, we're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. Beautiful. Thanks, Ricardo. We're going to carry on the conversation. There is Razor Ray in the All Blacks coaching gig, and the phone lines are running hot. we got Tim from Christchurch. Morning, Tim. How are we, lads? Very, very well, mate. What you got regarding Razor? Oh, well, look, maybe he's got the job, but maybe, you know, he said that they were going to talk about the process. But what cracks me up is that they're saying, you know, I'm reading the stuff article now, and it says Robinson, who was described by reporters as being in an upbeat mood. Like, have you met Scott Robinson? When has he ever been flat? (laughs) (laughs) Never. Never been flat, mate. Ever. That's that's like like saying we noticed that he was breathing today. (laughs) (laughs) You know the media, they have to put a spin on things. Yeah, look, he didn't really say anything convincing, but he just said, you no, know, he's exactly. always said that he wants to be the coach. So, it's NZR just a, again. It's a slow news day and they've taken something tiny and made it massive. Oh, you, re- you, reckon, you reckon Ray's is in his car on the way to the gym at the moment just laughing? Like listening, listening, to, listening to the show, laughing. <laughs> I can just see him, mate. Well, I heard um, I heard there's a dark horse in the mix as well. Though I heard that uh, Uncle the Oracle Tony Kemp is going to get the job. <laughs> <laughs> defense coach, mate. Defense coach. Hey, Razor. I know you're listening. You need a defense coach, mate. Give us a call. <laughs> Beautiful, Timmy. Thanks so much for your call, mate. You have a good day. Cheers, lads. There he is. There he is Tim from Christchurch. And we're going to cr- quickly shoot over and have a chat to Adam Fahey from South Canterbury. How are you doing, Adam? Good boys and the Oracle. <laughs> did you follow him in quickly before we get on to raise? Did you follow him in on any of those tips? No, but I'll be listening very astutely today. <laughs> Stay tuned, 650, keep your you to something. What do you got regarding Razor Buff? Uh, I think it's got to be him, eh? I'm, I'm sure he's probably already had, as was mentioned um, earlier, about that crew that he probably put together um, when we were over in South Africa. Um, so I'd assume a lot of those ducks are already in a, in a row. So um, I think NZ just need to get out of the playground and start being um, sort of a bit more forthcoming to the fans who sort of pay the bills. And, and Kiwis are pretty straight up. We just want to know the truth, really. So, um, yeah, I just sort of need to play it more at the front foot than... Um, letting reporters just poke questions at Razor, who's looking like a um, kid in a candy store at the moment. 
Yep, totally agree. Move your feet, your mug. Don't be like Dag and stay like anchors. Get on the front foot and get it sorted. <laughs> I totally agree, Anna Fahey of South Canterbury, mate. Appreciate your call. All the time. 0800-150-811. And you can go on the draw to win a year's supply of Musashi products. So, oh, we've had some good callers this morning, lads. And there's a message here. So if the ABs go out and win this World Cup, do they still take it off, Fozzie? Well, they got to, don't they? I mean, that's, the, that's how the contracting process works. His contract is up at the mm. end of the World Cup, and they learned, apparently, from 2019 of, you know, they, they got stuck with what was left on the shelf because everybody else had already taken up job offers. So they've got to, they've got to be proactive. They've got to do it now. So it doesn't matter what happens at the World Cup. Yep. Yep, totally agree. And I love this Elali's comments regarding that. If he goes over and wins it, mate, he can just rest up like a good man and still milk it 28 years later like Ted Henry, isn't it? You yep. can just go forward. You can do whatever you like. So, yeah, we haven't heard too much from Fozzie. And um, all we've heard at the moment is they've gone into damage control at the NZR. I'll read another quick message here. Morning team raises body language, says he's the next coach. If he chooses his assistants that already in contracts with other countries, does the NZR if you have to pay out their contracts? Example, if he wants Jamie Joseph from Japan, that is from Paul mm. in Harwada. What yeah. do you reckon, lads? 100%. Like, J- Japan won't let him want him to go if he's if he's uh, contracted. The other thing too is you don't know what Jamie Joseph's on, mate. Will he, you know, will he want to give that up? You know, he's got he's got his life made there, hasn't he? So and, Yeah, and Jamie's a head coach too. I mean, I think if they're going to get anybody out of Japan, it's more likely to be Tony Brown instead of getting Leon off the blues. You probably. know, you know what? But he's already said no to Razor. I think Razor tried to chase him previously. He said mm, no, he's, yeah. with, he's with Jamie. So, And I know Jamie wouldn't go and be a, a his assistant coach. No way. You wouldn't go from being the top dog to you know, having to listen to someone else's call, Kimpy. No, that's exactly right. So not only does he have to take a, a pay cut, which he will be doing, he's got to go and he's got to go and sit and warm the seat up. And it, it raised the question, like you raise a really good question here, and I think the question is, if Shag or Graham Henry were head coaches, would they be sitting there quietly at the moment with all the noise that's going on in the background? Mm. No. No way. <laughs> Just you know, Steve Henson would never sit back and let someone else take the the limelight off him. No, no chance. So yeah, I really want to get a bit more understanding where Fozzie's at. He said absolutely nothing. And understand, he's trying to win a World Cup. That's his main focus at the moment, and what goes on in the background. But we've never ever heard from him. So I, I totally don't think they'd sit back and say nothing. No chance. Yeah, no I, chance. I, I, I have oh, to agree. There's another uh, message there from Kevin, and Kevin's up and about. I always love Kevin's messages coming through. We'll get to that shortly, Kev, but right now it's uh, time for Quizzy Dag. Your chance to win a Musashi prize pack, thanks to the team at Musashi. So give us a call, 0800 150 Take on the Quizmaster and Kempi. Well, just if you need help, Kempi's your man. The Oracle, <laughs> he's waiting for you. Call us now. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, that's right. 0800 150 to take on the Quizmaster and the Oracle. That is Kimpy. <laughs> Yes, we've got a nice juicy quiz for oh, you she's today. She's a tough one too. Is? She's a tough one today. Oh yes, 
She is a tough one. She is a tough one. Robbie, you all right? You're a bit angry today. It yeah. wasn't me today, actually. <laughs> oh, Ricardo. Okay, okay, Ricardo. He's on a head. He's been working. You wouldn't mind that Musashi pack, eh, Rick, dog? Mate, I'd love that Musashi pack. I could do with it. I, could, <laughs> mate, I just went and bought some more protein powder yesterday because we'd run out. Don't yeah. buy it, mate. Musashi, they'll look after you. They'll okay. look after you. If they don't get it done, then it's coming your way. I'll make sure you get sent a little prize pack. Here we go. We'll get to Brenton from Auckland. Brenton, how you doing, brother? Yeah, you good, brother. Lovely day. Yeah. Sun's coming Lovely up. Lovely day. Sun's coming up. Oh, man, it's been beautiful down here in Christchurch. Oh, can't complain. Can't complain. So good luck, mate. Here we go. Question number one. Thanks, mate. Who did LeBron James overtake to become all-time leading scorer in the NBA? Uh, that is... Well, how do you... Uh, Four. What's his name? Three. Jamal... Do you want a clue? Do you want a, what? Do you want a clue? <laughs> yep, I'll have a clue. <laughs> Dark, creamy chocolate. <laughs> creamy... Oh, I've lost his name. <laughs> oh, see you, oh, Brenton. <laughs> Gave you a chance. Yeah, <laughs> Cream, creamy. Here we go. Good clue there, Oracle. Yeah. Well done. Well Question, done. <laughs> uh, caller number two, Ed from Tolica. How you doing, Ed? Hey, how you doing, man? All good? All good. Oh, All sorry. good. Who did LeBron James over... Kareem. Abdul Kareem. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Abdul Kareem. Jabbar is correct, mate. Well done. Question number two. Brody Retellick is joining which Japanese club after the 2023 Rugby World Cup? Kobe? Yes, Kobe Steelers. Correct. Question number three. Which NFL quarterback won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week? I don't know, bro. Through. Name, name a quarterback, yeah? Name a quarterback. Uh, I only know um, um, that fella from the Hurts, that fella. I know, what's the other guy's name? Um, my homies? No. Nah, you, uh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. You can't go through the whole list and get him. <laughs> Good day, Ed. Oh, Timmy from Christchurch. Timmy, he'll be all over this. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is correct. He's just signed up with TaylorMade too, so he must be a handy golfer, is old Aaron Rodgers. Question number four. At which team stadium will the Super Bowl be played? Oh. Uh, sorry, I know this one. Uh, I'll have to get a clue off Uncle. Okay, well, have you been to Taranaki, Tim? Once or twice. Okay, well, it's a good burger bar in Taranaki. Oh, oh, it's in a State Farm Stadium in Glen, uh, Glendale, but I don't know what team it is. Um, what is what it state's Glendale in? No idea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Timmy! We're going to have, gonna have to get rid of you, Timmy. We're going to have to get rid of you, brother. You have a good day, Timmy. Take care. Simon from Auckland. How you doing, Simon? Good boys, how you going? Yeah, very well, thank you. What team stadium will the Super Bowl be played? Uh, Arizona. That's a great Arizona too, down in Taranaki. Arizona. Oh, Kempe, you have to go have a look at 
taste that one. And on that, the PGA Waste Management takes place tomorrow. That is in Arizona as well, in Scottsdale. So if you're a sporting fan, that is the place to be. The Waste Management Open, straight into the Super Bowl. What a week to be there. All right, question number five, Simon. LeBron James has an the all-time scoring scorer record, but the but the Lakers lost the game. Who to? Oh, I know that I've lost plenty of money on it. OKC. <laughs> <laughs> you lost plenty of money. Yeah, he got the record, but they lost the game. Simon, so a little Musashi pack coming your way, my friend. You been hitting the gym, yeah, mate? Nah, I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, brother. I'm with you. I need to get me uh, myself a little prize pack. So stay on, and the boys will get that prize pack sent out. Appreciate your call, and appreciate all the callers. We'll be back tomorrow for another wee part of Quizzy Dagger. Friday part, in fact. So it'll be nice and fun and juicy. Uh, we've got Love Racing coming up. And, well, if you want another tip, serious tipping, Uncle, turning two jobs into one. Louis Herman, what, who? Stay tuned. Kempe coming up. <laughs> uh, 6.56 here on Breakfast with Izzy and Kempe. Call any time on the Kennard's higher phone line. Jen's been hot this morning. 0800 150 811. Talking everything sport. The Grand Tour Racing Festival is coming to you, and it's time for our Love Racing update. And, well, Izzy, when they... They say when it rains, we know what happens. It starts to pour, and I'm pretty sure our mate Kevin's wife from Tikarangi will be overflowing with love racing happiness as another tip came in yesterday. But he's going to do it again, McNabb, with another gun ride. Louisiana man too good. Second over, stunning Myrie. Third, Desert Island. Fourth over. I think Mary Yeah, Man- McNabb getting another one up for us at Cambridge Synthetic. Lu- Louisiana man paying $540.70. If you got the fixed songs, you would have got six and twos um, and never really looked like he was out of the money so a big shout out to Ben Foote for giving the boys a big full up yesterday and McNabber's on fire chasing down and paying the bills uh, Craig Grills who's leading he's uh, racing well as well well as we wait for our coffees courtesy of Robbie is he to this morning the little sly dog who had Louisiana man to win, but it wasn't enough for him. <laughs> he had Desert Island in the top four yesterday. He wanted an extra couple of bucks. So he got an absolute pocket full um, yesterday, that man out the back there, Robbie. So well done, Robbie. And uh, I've been looking over the fields today with racing in Invercargill, uh, the deep south, but I thought what I'd do on a Thursday is I'd ask one of my good mates for a tip. So I've gone to Marty Henderson out of Melbourne. He's not a bad tip to himself for his best of the day. Hey Kempi, my best bet today is packing in race three, number 12, Eternal Flame. Huge finish from well back on Dabu, and this daughter of Sacred Falls looks like she'll appreciate the step up to 1400 metres. There you go. If you're having a punt today, <laughs> packing in race three, number 12, oh. Eternal Flame. It's not going to make you rich, but hey, a little is better than nothing. That's our love racing update. Eat, drink, and get racy. Round up the crew and book now at thegrandtour.nz. <laughs> Oh, man, you're an oracle. Honestly, I love it. That wee part, you've just taken it with open arms and you've really owned it. It's so good. <laughs> oh. Eternal Flame started at 250. It's already into 220. I, I've had a look. I have, I get have, on now. I've had a look. Get on. <laughs> I've had a look at it. I've had a look at his last race. I I would be uh, quietly confident. You go. Everyone get it. on. But me. And Adam Fahey, I'm thinking. <laughs> Everyone else get on because we tend to stop them. And if I stay off them, they win. Oh, Kempe, Eternal Flame, Race 3, Packing them. I've had a wee look at Invercargill. It's probably 
a wee bit too far south for Dagger. So I'll stay off it. And let's be honest, I've got a block, so I'm just looking for the hell of it. I've got no chance of having a wee go. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, coming up, we're, we're going to try and get to Gilbert Anoka. He's been stuck in a meeting, so we're going to push him out for another day. And we'll come back, and we've got a few bomb squads. Kempy's off the back fence, and we've got a beautiful story from Rick Dog as well that'll get all you golfers going. All you golf cheats going. So there you go. Stay tuned. <laughs> all you Trumpers. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, all you Trumpers. I'm one of them. I must admit, yesterday I was playing at Clearwater and uh, Mac, I was playing against him. He was behind me. He didn't see, but I just the ball was just in the out-of-bounds area. But it was kind of in line with the OB white stick. But I hit it anyway, and I looked back. He wasn't looking. I walked up. Yep. Pa, there you go. See, run cheats. Izzy Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Just had to let it play a little bit longer than I'm the six down. o'clock hour. <laughs> You're coming down. Come down. It's a great day, Kempe. We've got the Urban Polo taking place on Saturday. And uh, even if you don't like Polo, it's a great event. They've got bands playing, they've got DJs playing, and it's just a good day to just get out of the bout and mix and mingle. It's one of my favourite days down here in Christchurch, followed by him, Nets Guy. Post it, so it's going to be a big, long day. <laughs> when you say urban polo, mate, is that like are they just riding horses through the streets randomly in Christchurch? Is that how that works? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, they're just they're, they're just riding horses around Hagley Park. Oh, okay. I, look, I got I got no idea really about polo, <laughs> but uh, it is quite an interesting sport to watch. They do get, they go. They just go nuts out there, and they're hitting these little balls. The hand-eye coordination is phenomenal to be able to watch and and see them do that. So that's me, your Saturday lads. That's me on Saturday. And just quickly, uh, remember, we've got the SCNZ Super Rugby Tipping Comp 2023 is now open. You could win the ultimate New Zealand sports experience for you and a mate with $2,500. Sign up and play now at tipping.scnzradio.nz. Take on Kempi, Ricardo, you got Robbie, you got Joey B and myself, and I just recommend follow your head, not your heart. So you're back in the blues this season then, is he so you say? <laughs> no chance, mate. No chance. I might back Moana Pacifico when they take on the blues. No. <laughs> the blues will be competitive. <laughs> the blues will be competitive. But um but anyway, it's uh it's all good. It's all good. So yeah, like I said, Gilbert and Oka, um he's busy with a meeting, so we'll hopefully get to him tomorrow. He is a wanted man and no doubt he'll be into full swing over there in the UK taking on Chelsea. Just quickly on that, Ricardo, like when mm. you're going over and you're, you're, you're heading to a club like that, I know Bertie's been in the same environment for over 15 years, 300 tests he's been a part of, but when you're going into an environment like that, it'll be pretty daunting. Could he be himself over there? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a test of the strength of his character, right? What's his self belief like? Because if you if he's if he's a mental skills coach like that, his self belief should be strong, yeah. so he can still be himself. I would say, but it's a whole yeah. different environment. And that was one of the questions I wanted to ask him. Actually, was you know being the mental skills coach for the All Blacks, you're dealing with maybe twelve, fifteen tests a year. Chelsea, you're talking potentially if they go all the way, say Champions League, FA Cup final, and obviously Premier League, you're talking sixty games. Mm. How, what's the difference in getting guys up for 60 games a year versus 15 yeah. games a year? You know, that's a big difference, man. That's four times the amount of games. And, and the Chelsea environment, and the football environment, you know you know better than, than most about the environment that football has to offer. Like, it'd be totally different to the, to the rugby environment, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's that much, uh, it's that much more of a, of a spotlight. You know, you think that, I, I know that you've had to deal with media here, Izzy, during your career and post-career and stuff, but you times that by 100, media spotlight if you're a star over there. You know, you, you, you can't breathe without somebody taking a photo of you and putting it in the paper and making a judgment on what it is that you've been doing. So there's all of that extra pressure to, to deal with as well as, you know, the performance of it all too. One of his biggest sayings, just want to feel your feet on the floor, lads. So he's wearing bare feet up in the front of the team. I'm just, I want to know, I want to be, I'm curious to know if he's going to walk up in front of those, well, fully professional football athletes with his bare feet on and whether it'll be welcome with open arms over there <laughs> in the UK. But a uh, couple of messages there on the temper bedpost text machine. Keep them coming, double eight, double three. Plenty to talk about regarding Razor, and I know plenty of you have had your, your say on the situation at the moment for the All Blacks. But before then, we're going to talk golf. Ricardo, and you've got a great story for us. Yeah, now this relates to, uh, from Quizzy Dag, the story about Aaron Rodgers winning the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, right? Um, so you, you get teamed up with a with a professional golfer and an amateur golfer, and over at Pebble Beach, it's always high profile, high profile, high profile. Mm. So Andrew Rodgers was teamed up with Ben Silverman. They won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but not everybody reckons the winner's legit. <laughs> now, Keith Mitchell... <laughs> Keith Mitchell was the pro that came second, and his partner was Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback. Oh, right, yep, so they yep. came second. Now, when you play these things, of course, the amateurs got a got a handicap, right? And mm. the handicap does get adjusted a little bit for Pebble Beach because it's a more difficult course. So Aaron Rodgers played that tournament with an adjusted handicap of 10. Keith Mitchell went back and looked at what his handicap was at his club in Green Bay. Three. That's a hell of an adjustment. <laughs> seven shots. <laughs> That's a seven shot adjustment. Are you kidding adjustment. me? No, he said, according to the Wisconsin State Golf Association, Rogers' handicap is registered as a three at his home course of Green Bay Country Club. Uh, it's amateurs, probably a scratch. Yeah, probably a scratch. <laughs> All amateurs get a bump from their home handicaps to take into consideration because of the venues and the crowds. But he got a bigger boost than needed. And this is what Mitchell said. I think Josh and I won. Aaron Rodgers doesn't count. His handicap was crap. I haven't looked. I think we were on 18. We might have been up there. But if we finish second to Aaron, I consider that's us winning the trophy. <laughs> the Mate, from the honestly, you find, you find cheaters in golf everywhere. Every, everywhere. If you don't have an official handicap, and you go, like Allah, when I played Ricardo Christie over summer, mm. and I said, what are you off? He goes, oh, about a 20. I said, I'll give you a shot of hole. Well, he absolutely smoked me. But <laughs> I was like, after that, I said, mate, you've got to go get a handicap. You have to go get a handicap. If you don't have a handicap, I'm not playing golf with you. 
Because it's in favour of the of the people with the with the higher handicaps. When you're off, you know, I'm off a five, and I go play someone off a ten. You got to give them five shots, mm. and all it takes is those those couple of holes when they just hit a good shot, hit it up and down, get a little par, and I've got a birdie or par every hole to beat them. It's very frustrating. This, You'll be a cheater out there when you go, uh, Kimpy. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, jeez, <laughs> it's been a while since I've cheated on a golf course, but you know, kick, kick the ball towards a hole a couple of times, picked it out out of the sand. Uh, what else have I done? Yeah, that white line, that white line that rolls over. There used to be this first tee that we used to hit when playing at Leeds, and it used to always roll down the hill and across the white line, and it always seemed to find itself a metre just inside the line. You know, just I mean? inside, just, just inside the line. So, yeah. mate, you're right. Everyone, everyone goes out. There. Especially it's competitive around footballers. Um, I don't know if I've told you that story. As I was out on the golf course with Gary Mercer, that's his son Zach Mercer, um, the number eight, big number eight, playing the Barbarians with Razor, Kiwi boy, and Gary Mercer was a Kiwi playing the Kiwis. Me and him around a golf course one day. I've smacked the ball, mate. I've had a three wood out, and I've, I've hit a ball. I'm going, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to get this on the green. And about where Rick's sitting in the studio here, two metres to my right, it's a tree. Like, it's way out of the shot. And in my head, I've gone, <laughs> don't hit that tree. And I've smacked the ball with a three wood, and straight away the thing's hit me straight back in the nose, the ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was delayed, and it sort of it was that sore that I didn't feel oh. it. And about two seconds passed, I jumped up in the air and fell on the ground. <laughs> and I couldn't feel my face. <laughs> I couldn't feel my face. And I put my hand up there. And my hand was all warm. And Mercer's looking over the top of me. And he's like, his face was like, whoa, man. And I just had blood coming out my nose. And I thought, oh, I, I, he said, are you right? And I said, oh, how's my nose? <laughs> like that. And he goes, no, that's all right. Like that. And the ball, you know, if you're looking at a skull yeah. and you've got the yeah. hole right in the middle of your nose. The ball's hit me right in the middle of the nose, and it's gone in that hole. It's just pushed my nose in. It's, it's all the cartilage. It's all the cartilage, and I get, I get to the game the next day. Cause it was a sad day, the game the next day, and I've just got this black dot right <laughs> on the end of my nose. And <laughs> Mercer's is telling all the boys' story, mate. Uh, anywhere oh. else, if it hit anywhere else, I would have been in hospital, but... Yeah, golf, golfing, mate. So many. I've got so many little funny stories about golfing. What? Another one. <laughs> it's just, a great game. Just quickly, another one. Richie, Bla- Richie Blackmore. And you know that Judith the boat story I told you? Well, him and his wife. Yeah. They come. She come out. She's got her, her mink coat on and all that sort of stuff. And she's <laughs> on the phone talking, and and Richie's just <laughs> driving the golf cart, and I've got my backpack on, golf clubs, and I'm walking. And he's going down that hill. It's the same tee and leads the first tee with that white line, and she's on the downslope on her phone. And he turns the golf cart back up the hill, and she just rolls out the cart, starts rolling down the hill. I fell over with my backpack. It was, oh, tell you what, it wasn't cheating, but it was, uh, it was well worth the laugh. We've all got those funny stories, eh? We've all got those funny. I know many of you out there will have a funny story. Send them through. Double eight, double three. Golf is a great game, but it can go pear shaped really quick. I, I, I have oh. a, a vague memory, as in you, you'll probably know better than me, but I remember doing this show with you and Baz when Baz was on it. And Baz, uh, there were a lot of stories about when you played, uh, went out on the golf course and played Baz for money, that his uh, his handicap would always sort of just sort of blow out slightly whenever the sort of money got involved in, in, in playing for money on the golf course. 
They call him burglar, mate. He's the <laughs> ultimate burglar. If you get caught on a burglar, that's the biggest. A burglar on the golf course has the biggest insult you could probably get as a golfer. He is one of them. He is the ultimate burglar. And I've got a real good shank story. Anyway, we're playing. If you if you've been to Millbrook, you understand that where the restaurant is on, on one of the holes. There's a restaurant there, and they've got outdoor seating. Anyway, I've gone up, and like there's a big crowd there. It's for New Zealand Open. It was in one of the warm up days, uh, the the warm up days leading into the event. And I've hit a three wood. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go for this in two. And I've pumped the three wood, but I've had a little bit of a slice on it, as they say in golf. And I've sliced it, and it's gone high. And then I've just gone, oh no, listen, bang! And it's just hit this restaurant. (laughs) It's like landed on the Millbrook restaurant. And I'm like, oh, yes, sweet. It's walking up, walking up. And they're like, everyone's looking at me laughing. And I'm like, what are they laughing? I thought the ball was gone. Anyway, they're like, your ball's up here. I'm like, is it? And they like walk up to the restaurant where they were all sitting. It's sitting right on the concrete next to about <laughs> ten pundits eating their breakfast, having a cup of tea. And I've had to hit it off there, so I've hit it off the concrete in front of these people, and I've nearly knocked them out, mate. So, golf, it is a great game, but man, when it goes pear shaped, it can go pear shaped really, really quick. So, yeah, I'm a cheater. We're all cheaters in our own right. Yep. Bloody hell. <laughs> Got me going. Oh, so many golfs. And I've, on that, I know I've probably told this story, Kempi, but I've been like Richie Blackmore with Daisy. We were driving down Balmacuan. If you play Balmacuan, it's in Dunedin, the golf course here. Very steep, undulating course. And I was driving down. It was a bit dewy, a little bit dewy. I thought it would be a great idea for Izzy to just really just tap the brakes on a real downhill gradient. So I've tapped the brakes, and I had a little turn on the steering wheel. Anyway, it just started spinning out and doing 360s down this little <laughs> down this little hill. Anyway, selfish dag jumps out, leaves Daisy in it. <laughs> and Daisy's just doing 360s down the golf course, and she's like, what did you do? I said, oh, hey, every man for himself. I'm good. I'm gone. I'm out. Oh, quality, man, quality. Uh, my, um, my old man. As a king golfer, and uh, he was playing. He used to belong to Howick. He used to play at Howick up on Music yep. Point there a lot. And uh, yeah, this is a slightly different golfing story. But him and his mate were were playing one day, and there's a road that runs through the golf course, so you can drive right up on the Music Point. And there's an old radio station up there um, for for the golf. You know that used to talk to all the boats as the ships coming in and out. And that's up there. It's a historic building. You can go up there and walk around. So there's this road that goes all the way through the golf course. Anyway, he said they were watching these two young guys in a in a little sort of um, you know beat up sports car kind of thing, and they were slowing right down. And I'm like, what are these guys up to? Next thing, these guys turn the car straight down onto the fairway and start driving up the fairway towards the green, like they're going to go and do doughies on it. And that, and the so the yeah. old man and his mate have got their I don't know probably seven irons or whatever in their hands. So they chase this guy up the fairway <laughs> in the golf cart. And the guy get, freaks out because he's being chased. So he tries to go up the bank and get stuck. <laughs> and so the old man and his mate get out of the car with their seven irons and just absolutely destroy this car. Windshield, headlights, bonnet, just taking to it with their seven irons. Uh, outstanding. The fight. guy finally got loose. I reckon he probably had to change his pants when he got home. They were, they were, they were pretty feral. <laughs> oh, it reminds me. I've ridden off a golf cart, lads. I've ridden off a golf cart. <laughs> Yeah, Zach Gilford and myself playing at Wyhick and Napier. 
just going through this little tunnel. We were dead sober. Trust me, I promise we were dead sober. <laughs> you know, I was just—I thought I'd be a rally driver. I went through this little thing. You know, I ripped the ac- uh, the wheels off the axle, and it was—you know how like it's got the axle going across. Well, those were hanging out the front, so I've just hit this wall at pace and ripped off this cart at Wahak. So. Oh, all the memories are flooding back. Did you put it back on and push it back? <laughs> uh, no, I panicked. I panicked. Um, Tanya Derns, uh, former ten, uh, netball player, um, netball player. She's done a little bit of coaching. She's South Canterbury, actually, um, part of South Canterbury board at the moment. Well, her husband was my trainer, Grant Derns, and she's she's tall and scary. So I had to go tell her because she was actually CEO of that golf course and I absolutely packed myself and apologised and then had to pay for it. So, yeah, it cost me a lot that day. Don't be silly on the golf course. That's the lesson today. If you can't see it, don't hit it. All right? Or drive into it. Or drive into it. Oh, great chat, lads. Honestly, keep, send us a story. We're having a laugh. I love it. Golf stories. Anyone in your group cheat? Who's the worst cheat that you play with? And why. And the World Golfing Handicap System, oh, it's a bit of a shambles at the moment. I don't mind, though. As soon as I have a bad round, I chuck it in. They call it farming your handicap, lads. <laughs> call it farming your handicaps. Anyway, we're going to shoot off. We'll come back. We've got Kempe's off the back fence. Where's Uncle going? Back shortly. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. We have an exodus of All Blacks heading AWOL post this year's World Cup. Everyone's wondering what the hell is going on. We only have to look back at Charles Piotr, who made his appearance for the All Blacks before the 2015 World Cup. He left with 17 tests under his belt and opted to join Premiership side Wasps in England, turning his back on the coveted All Black jumper. It's reported that Charles makes $1.94 million a year and if you average that out over the last seven years, CP is well on the way to securing his family's future. At the time of the switch to Europe, however, all the talk was about how could he turn down the all-black jumper and head to Europe. The simple answer is security. The ability to prov- provide was more important than the honour of Jersey for his family's future. Money will always win in the era of professional football. Gone are the days where an all-black jersey holds pride of place in your heart. It has understandably been replaced by the honour of securing your family's future through your God-given talent. Really? Are we surprised? Well, I'm not. It's been a slow burn, but finally the light is out. It's money that now controls the player, and I'm picking the dams have been busted and that more players are about to follow. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, what does NZRU do now? They can't compete. Um, This has been gone of the days of relying on that all-black mantra the all black kind of you know morals that it's always had the black jersey the darkness what it provides they will always be there don't get me wrong there's always kids dreams uh, to grow up and wear the the famous great black jersey but the way that the world's going and the money that's on offer you see it in football ricardo you see it a lot of football like the kids growing up in in, in london and and you know and in, in parts of london that their teams are, are a part of the English Premier League, but then the big money offers come up and they shoot off to your Paris Saint Germains. So we're just always going to have this the situation. I I totally agree, Kempi. Like you got to, I said it yesterday. Top ten, you can stay here and you can set your family up. But if you're not in that top ten kind of list of top players in in New Zealand, it's hard. And we're losing our next crop of talent. I just think of Richard Buckman. He's the one player that swings to mind. Never got an All Blacks jersey. Was knocking on the door. 
but an opportunity to go over there and set his family up for the future. It's just too hard to turn down. So we're going to see more of this. And Charles Charles Piertel started that off. Yeah, Charles went went early. He went he went way too early for for my liking. Yeah. But I, I think, as you say, you know, that's that the way New Zealand rugby has uh, held the black jersey up and said, if you want to wear this, you've got to be here. Mm. They've done a really good job of that. You know, we criticise New Zealand rugby a lot for the yep. things I've done. They deserve praise for that because that has worked. Yeah, they've worked. stayed staunch. They've stayed staunch and that has helped. That has that has kept players here. But you just wonder how much longer that can be the thing. You know, they, they started to show a few, uh, you know, make allowances for guys to go on sabbaticals and things like that. Um, maybe that was just the cracks in the dam and now we're seeing the, the, the full effect of that. That flow, that flow of money that's going into them top players, like you're saying, Izzy, is really affecting the, the, the lower um, community game. 100% yep. because to keep, to keep people you need the money and you only have to look at Origin. So those Origin players now, if you're playing for Australia, you're playing for New Zealand, playing for Origin, um, now you're choosing your country over Origin where Origin was was worth the money at sixty thousand dollars for the for the games and and you added that to your salary, it sort of um, it padded it up. But now as your contract is well well worth more than that, people are saying, well, I'm going to still go and play for Samoa. Samoa, I'm going to go and play for Tonga. I don't really need to play for Origin um, because of the money. And it's all. And you're dead right. What we've got here is we've got money for the players, but what we need to do is find money for the NZR yeah. if they're going to keep them. Because honestly, the, the coffers are going to run out. They're not. They can't keep compete with Japan, Europe, um, especially over a long period of time. I'm just unsure where I sit at at the moment with that debate about whether they allow players to be picked overseas. Look, I've, I've been in their team and it's always been, you know, the card that they've, they've always been close, close to themselves. And, I, yeah, look, as a past player, I'm just I'm unsure whether they can, they can change it. They can change it in a different direction and allow these players. And it's the only way, really, they're going to be able to, to be competitive is if they can, they can change it. I'm just still a bit unsure whether that's the right way to go. Yeah, a little bit stuck. Yeah, it, it, I mean it's a tough call to make uh, about what they do. But what you know, we go back to the conversation we had yesterday about you. You approach Toyota, you approach Kobe, you approach Toshiba. Uh, you do it right. You bring Japan in because they've got the money to entice these All Blacks. We're talking about now, so they can be competitive in Super Rugby, right? Well, you get those guys here, then all of a sudden you get Japanese business wanting to invest in Super Rugby, want to wanting to sponsor it. That's the money that comes in then into NZR coffers. You know, it's a knock on effect. Yeah, no, totally agree, lads, and and very, um, very good point you make there, Kempi, with your off the back fence. If you've got any, uh, you know, any thoughts regarding Kempi's off the back fence, flick us a message double eight double three because the temper bedpost text machine is running hot. We'll have to get through plenty of those shortly. And yes, that is right, Dane Coles to retire at the end of twenty twenty three. Big news coming out this morning. Cheers for that little update, Richie. Um, yep, Colesy. Time's done. His calves have been playing up. It's time to move forward, and I think he'd go great in radio. He's very opinionated and very hard-nosed, so maybe we'll have to go reach out. Oh, I might get my pesting on again right now and flip my <laughs> message, see if he'll come on. I've been pesting as of late, trying my hardest, and, well, the pesting hasn't been able to work. But anyway, we'll shoot off. We'll come back with some headlines with Ricardo, and remember, we've got Matt Coleman. He's running coast-to-coast coast, uh, later on this weekend because that takes place. We'll be back shortly with some headlines. Here's Aroha. The news for Cubana, building and shaping the future. 
Time for some headlines. Winner Kubota Excavator with Kennard's higher, and uh, the White Ferns have lost their last warm-up game ahead of the T20 World Cup. They set 115 uh, to win for England, and they cruised to that with five wickets in hand and six overs to spare. After Sophia Dunkley, the opener went bang, scored 60 off 38 put herself well and truly in the WPL window. The silver lining for the Silver Ferns, as for the White Ferns I should say, is that their opponents for the opening game, Australia, lost to Ireland by three wickets. Uh, those teams meet on Sunday night. Uh, and uh, sticking with the cricket theme, the ICC has confirmed the Oval is the venue for the ultimate test to decide the World Test Championship in June this year. India and Australia are one and two currently in the test rankings, but they play each other in a four-test series. That could open the door for either Sri Lanka or South Africa to sneak into the top two. Their next series are against New Zealand and the Windies, respectively. Win a 1.7-tonne Kubota excavator with Kennard's higher visit kennards.co.com. .nz. Those are your headlines. Beautiful. Oh, bit of mind games here from Australia, eh? Just giving the uh, White Ferns a little bit of confidence. I love that. Ricardo, cheers for those headlines. We've got plenty of messages coming through. Regarding your off-the-back fence, Kempe, here's one from Zane. There's not much we can do to stop players going. When you get to the point where the money is the main motivator, it's pretty hard to compete with Japan where you earn way more, play way less, travel less, same time zone and only a 10-hour flight from home. The only way you could do it is to sell all the Super Rugby franchises to billionaires who could afford to pay them Japan or France prices. But then you end up like Japan, France and England, where the clubs run the game. Pretty fair point there from Zane mm. Kempe. Is, is, is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing when, when it's happening around the world? and Are we going to stay stuck in a time warp? But unsure, like you know, you know how it all works up in the north with the with the franchise and mm. football, Ricardo. So, mm. do do you, do you like that sort of solution? Maybe potentially letting it out, like because it can just get pretty out the gate, can't it? Like the way that it goes. Well, the difference is that in uh, football, FIFA still makes more money than everybody else, right? So FIFA can know, still man. dictate, yeah. um, and that's what they do. So they have, uh, I think it's eight international windows a season. So over a calendar year, there are eight international windows of two weeks where clubs have to release players for international football. Um, and then if they don't release players for international football, those players then can't play in the next club game. I, lo- I love that. I absolutely love that. So I, I just think that there's models around the world, is he, the way you've got, um, you know, the Northern Hemisphere, but especially both in, in also rugby um, and in the EPL, that we can follow that model. Do you, do you, my, my question is, do you think if they put the franchises up for sale, let's, let's, let's be realistic about this, <clears throat> do you think if they put the franchises up for sale, or even if we created a couple more franchises that would have people with the money want to come, want to come and do what they've done up the Northern Hemisphere? Oh, I'll probably probably say no at the moment. Like the the, the model and, and the structure, the way that's, that Super Rugby is heading in right now, I just don't think it's enticing for a big money spender to come over and, and buy the franchises currently. I just don't think the exposures there, the audience and the products, probably not quite right. Like I'd love to see a Super Rugby competition where we're playing each other constantly but then we're, we're trying to explore and go up to the north and play so there needs to be a real buy-in from all parts of the union but time zones are fixed that but mate, it, it can work it can work i'd love to see a, a more structured 
uh, competition. That will encourage the UK to come down and spend some money. Yeah, I mean, you look at somebody like Sir Jim Radcliffe, right? Um, who looking at buying Manchester United? He owns the uh, he owns a, a America's Cup team. He owns a cycling team. He owns Nice in France. He owns a bunch of stuff, right? You want a guy like that to come and invest and say buy the Crusaders, but he's not going to do that if New Zealand rugby, Australian rugby, um, etc., are still running the competition. It needs to then do what the Premier League did, right? It, it broke away from the FA. It still had FA still had some input. But it was its own competition. It ran itself because you can't have somebody like that, for example, buying a club and then being dictated to by the national union about you know resting players. Oh, you know you've got all these, you've signed up all these All Black stars, but Izzy Dag uh, is important for our uh, our, cha- our rugby championship in the middle of the year, so he's got to have four rest weeks during your sixteen week season. That's, you, that's not going to fly. You got you have to give one and not the other. You yeah. can't have them both um, living in the same. Bed, say to say, yeah. a little bit like PSG and and the and Paris Council, trying to like you know talking about that that stadium that they're trying to buy. PSG saying we want to buy it, and the council saying, well, you know, this is what we want you to pay for it, and and they just can't live together. No, you no. know, one's one's totally professional, the other one's just some some guys down there looking at well, how we're going to get the bus working today. You know what I mean? So, um, I think they can't live together, but I think that the model will change because. That's the way sports going. It's it's being owned. Sport has been owned. Guys, you know, like like Manchester United are being purchased by people because they want the club. They don't want the yeah. national game. Yeah, I can't see NZR taking a foothold off off taking you know their hands and letting it go from the Super Rugby team. So they've got too, far too much control at the moment. Unless she's a billion dollar purchase or is, offer. Is there a rebel? League? I just well, there, there's been talks of it. There has been talks of a of a World Fifteen or a World Competition Rebel League that could take place, and there is an op, there is a gap in the market for sure. But it's just like I said, when Steve Hansen tried to come out uh, before and create his own World League, World Rugby just shut that down quickly. World Rugby put a stop to that because they knew that this could just get out of hand. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But here's a quick one from Bruce before we shoot off and get to our next guest, guys. All the players that are leaving are the, at the end of their careers. Savia is the only one. Is only there for a season, nothing new. Time for the next generation must retain Rico. That is from Bruce. Mm. I can understand what you're saying, Bruce, but at the moment, I with the money that's on offer, and I know for a fact that Japan are really looking at the guys that are tapping on the door but haven't quite cracked it, and that's where they come in and picking all their players. You look at no further than Isaiah Punivai that played for Canterbury, never really cracked super, was knocking on the door, was zero thereabouts. He's gone to Suntory Goliath. And so they are here, and they are tapping on it, and they're offering money that they wouldn't be able to offer here back in NZ. So it makes for an interesting case. Boys, we're going to shoot off. We're going to come back with Matt Coleman, and we're going to talk coast-to-coast because that's taking place this weekend. Back shortly. Welcome back. Call any time on the Kennard's High phone line 0800 811 or send a text to Temper Bedpost text machine 8833 and there's plenty of messages that we will get to shortly but right now we're going to talk coast to coast, Kempi. Yes, coast to coast, one of the world's largest multi-sport events kicks off tomorrow on the West Coast with competitors being pushed to their absolute limits. Matt Kalman knows what it takes to compete in the event and of course also overcome personal challenges in the process as described in his book the longest day joins us on the line now. Morning, Matt. How are you going this morning? Oh, morning. Yeah, pretty good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, morning, morning. 
Yeah, about the great, great race. Mate, race. Just tell us, Matt, you know, what made you first want to get involved and compete um, in the coast to coast? Well, I grew up in uh, Christchurch, Otatahi, and uh, always had the race around, you know, always wanted to maybe do it one day. Um, never thought I could. Uh, then I went through a pretty debilitating breakdown. Um, uh, uh, my brush with depression, I was coming out of the fog of it. A couple of mates were doing it. I went down to the finish line to um, share them home and uh, it's dangerous to get too close to this thing. Uh, I got totally swept up in the in the um, in the event and just decided that maybe that's something that that I should have a crack at. Mate, Matt, appreciate you coming on. It's Izzy here, mate. I love your openness and your honesty regarding depression. You know, I've had a fair bit of it uh, myself. Can you just tell us a bit about your journey, uh, depression, alcoholism? You know, what's going on in your life? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So um, depression uh, statistically is going to touch one in four of us in New Zealand. It, it touches so many, but it's just so isolating. In uh, 2017, um, I was in a pretty low mood, which isn't unusual for me. I'm always pretty prone to, to low moods. But um, one of the big warning signs is it just wasn't lifting. So sort of months um, were going by, and, and I was just getting deeper and deeper into this low mood, uh, frustration, anger. I was using alcohol to kind of like, you know, numb it and stop you know my head racing and um eventually i just hit my breaking point uh, which which happens um unfortunately when when you don't kind of um stop and address what's going on um but you know that was probably the best thing that ever happened it um it forced me to go and try and get some help uh went to a counselor and uh got a diagnosis of depression uh got onto some medication um and then yeah it's, it's a pretty dark place as you may know Izzy, but um but there is uh, hope at the end of it. But when you're in the real fight, it's, um, that's a very dangerous time because you don't feel like there's any hope. You don't feel like there's anything that's going to be different. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there is hope. What, what has um, the Coast to Coast done for you in terms of maybe STEM or helping or helping you get through what you've been going through, bud? I think, uh, you know, anyone that, that keys into this race, um, you're, you're winning with the... Um, with the well-being hacks in life, you know you've got um, your physical activity, uh, you're probably eating pretty well, um, you've got to get sleep so you can train. But you're also keying into a community of people, these amazing people that they're all doing the same thing, doing something positive, um, and you get that social connection with other people. I consciously kind of moved towards that um, after coming through sort of the worst of my depression, um, deciding that I need to try and change the way I kind of approach my life uh, and, and get into a challenge, but also try and uh, um, get out there and actually just do something that I was absolutely terrified of doing because I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Um, but yeah, you're just going to jump on that train. And um, the Coast to Coast community is just an incredible open community. It's not not really that competitive. Even the elites kind of help out the, everyone else around them. Um, it's just just awesome. Just just quickly, what what would the message be to people that know someone with depression? Like, yeah, I think it's it's one of those funny ones when you you're a bit worried about how how others react when you let them know that you're struggling. So, how would you what would you say to people that that know someone that's got depression or dealing with their mental health issues? Yeah, just um, just be there to listen to them, uh, reach out to them. Um, you can't necessarily fix what they're going through, um, but just, just them knowing that you're there. I think, you know, in the early days um, when people started to find out what was going on for me, um, I mean, I had I had people that, you know, friends of mine that I hadn't seen for a long time, they would just they would just turn up at the door and come in and have a coffee and 
um, or reach out and say, listen, I've had this experience myself and I just sort of found out so many of us had experienced it. So just that feeling of not being alone um, is really massive. Um, yeah, but you can't necessarily fix it. There's no real fixing it. It's just a matter of learning how to kind of kind of manage it and, and, and do the things that are going to make you feel, feel a little bit better and be able to cope with uh, adversity. Yeah, great, great, great message, Matt, and no judgment along the sides of, sides of that too. You talk, you touched on it right at the start of the conversation, and obviously the longest stay, the book that you've written, um, you've had to go out and, and learn and, and have a crack at something that you've never done before, like kayaking. You had to relearn kayaking um, before you could do the, you know, not just the kayak down the lake. It's a decent old job, the coast to coast. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you on the back of what that is his question? What do you say to people that are just afraid to do things and, and make that change? Yeah, I think I think um, you know nothing in life is guaranteed. You, you, we're always really outcome focused and um, goal focused and and afraid to give things a crack if we if we think we can't do it. Um, for me, um, when I decided to start training for this thing, like the race, the race itself is so massive and it's such a long way. And even the elite, the very very fittest and the very best, the most skilled, um, you know, trip over and go past and knock themselves out, or or they get too cold in the boat, and you know, and the race is done. So it has to be about more than the more than the outcome. It's got to be about the process. And I think um, old mate Richie Richie McCaw, who who does the race now, he <laughs> I think throughout his career he was very process focused, right? So like everything was about the million small steps that he had to take to get to to the end. And in that you find the enjoyment in that process, like the the richness of getting out into the wilderness and training, and um, or just getting out and, and doing anything. If you're just slaving away and like being so hard on yourself if you if you feel like you're not making progress and then you do your race at the end of the thing and you don't make it um and then what are you left with so so like i got to the end of my race in 2019 and things didn't go as i wanted but i just had the most incredible experience like the whole year was was amazing i met, met hundreds of literally hundreds of people that are still you know mates uh, now and i learned how to kayak um it took me a long time kayaking is not easy um, and I've never tried so hard at something I was so terrible at. It was just a nightmare. But, um, yeah, it's just brilliant to come through and, and take all those learnings um, into the other side of my life, you know, into my day-to-day life and uh, meeting adversity um, with a bit more patience and being a bit less uh, hard on myself. Yeah, great messages there from Matt Callum, who's joining us this morning on Izzy and Kepi for breakfast. Matt, thanks a lot. You've been inspirational, mate. The longest day, uh, go, just get on. Where can we buy the book, Matt? Uh, you can probably you can probably order it through any bookstore, um, and yeah. Alan and Unwin website uh, is probably the place. Yeah, but yeah, get out there and I'll, good luck to everyone doing the race tomorrow and on Saturday. It's going to be bloody epic. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Beautiful, Beautiful. Matt Coleman. Go and beat Richie McCall. That's all I've got to say before we shoot off, mate. Go and beat him by plenty because he'll hate that. Love it. Talking mental health and the coast to coast. We'll be back to read through a few of these messages soon. Wherever she goes, I go. We roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio. It's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute. So just chill. Wherever she goes, I go. We roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio. It's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute. So just chill.
Oh, yes, welcome back. Time flies when you're having fun and you're having engaging conversations, and there's been plenty of that this morning on Izzy and Kempi with Ricardo in the house. SENZ Breakfast, just after 8 o'clock, there is a ton of messages we'll get to. I'll just, play, I'll just read a quick one. This is cracker. I'm laughing to myself. This is going on from our chat earlier on in the 7 o'clock hour regarding golf stories. Playing Terrace Downs last year in the annual Lads three-putt classic was in the lead. We're playing in front of an Asian couple. I hit a bunker on a par three. The old dude yells out, bunker! I par the hole. The next par five absolutely moose my drive. The old dude yells out, you're an animal! <laughs> Instantly got in my head, rent-free, ended up shooting a 110 dagger. Yeah, well, I feel your pain, Brad. 110. I shot 100 last year at the Charles tour, so I can feel you rent free. Yep, there's plenty of that going on in my Wednesday chat. Keep those messages coming through, double eight, double three, or even better. Give us a call on the Kennard's Hire phone line, 0800 150 811. Remember, the caller of the of the year wins a year supply of Musashi, courtesy of the team at the Chemist Warehouse and the team at Musashi. But right now, it's time for this. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Oh, getting goosebumps, getting goosebumps. You don't have to be a professional athlete to be able to use sports to unite your community. Real estate agent Stephen Thompson is also a keen surfer who's using his passion to help improve the mental health of farmers. Surfing for Farmers is an initiative Stephen started a few years ago that has now blossomed into a nationwide program where men and women around rural communities are taken out and taught how to ride the surf. It's a pleasure to welcome into the show this week, more than an athlete, Stephen Thompson. How you doing, Steve? Oh, is he? How's it, mate? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. I was going to call you Dumper there, but I better just call you by your oh. proper name. Um, oh, but it's, I I really... most, of the, most of the country calls me that, too, you're right. <laughs> Fair trip. Good call, mate. Hey, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Just tell us a bit more about the Surfing for Farmers, how it has started and your experience through the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, basically it's actually um, it's been a few years now, 2018. Um, I sort of had this little brainwave one day after watching a bit of a documentary about um, – uh, American soldiers been taken surfing to help with their PTSD, and um, and basically like my role in in rural sort of sector in New Zealand and especially well around Gizzy obviously, but um, throughout the country, um, you know you see a lot of um, farmers struggling and and just hurting, and you know it's it's not always just financially; it could be due to drought or floods or just everything going on in their lives, and um, and I just sort of thought, hey. Um, you know, we've got some awesome beaches around New Zealand. Why don't we sort of get farmers um, down to the beach, off the farm, teach them how to surf, show them that, you know, there's a way to take a couple of hours um, away from the business and the farm at least once a week and just switch off. And, you know, the beautiful thing about surfing is it's literally just you, the ocean and a, and a surfboard. You know, there's no cell phones, no dogs, no cows, no sheep. 
no staff issues, um, and it's just a, a great way to clear the mind. So, um, yeah, we kicked it off in Gizzy 2018, and um, and here we are 2023 with about 27 locations throughout New Zealand now. So, yeah, we're just absolutely stoked how it's been picked up and received and, and absolutely gone gangbusters. Hey, Stephen, one of those uh, locations must be Taranaki and must be good walking across <laughs> the farmland. You know, it sort of made real sense to me when I read the story. You know, Punio Road, Stent Road, right on the coast, the farmers, uh, even down at Coomera Patch, you know, they, they've got those wonderful breaks. And when the surfers, when the farmers go for a surf, is the bug, is it still there for them? Do, 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 have you seen surf, uh, farmers just go on and go, man, I want to come back and surf more? Yeah, yeah, we've actually got two in the Naki um, location, so we're spreading out over there. But um, yeah, for sure, like what we've seen is um, guys of all ages who have never surfed in their lives um, are just absolutely buzzing and, and then going on because basically the deal with surfing farmers is you just turn up. All I want you to do is turn up and bring a happy face and, and a pair of togs pretty much. Like We supply the surfboards, the wetsuits, the coaches. We give you a feed afterwards. But what we're seeing is um, guys kicking on and um, committing, buying a surfboard, buying a wetsuit, rather than just waiting for Tuesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon or whatever day their thing is. They're out there first thing in the morning, they're gone. We even get to the point now where some farmers don't come to surfing for farmers because the waves are better somewhere else and they've already gone. It's all like, oh, it's too cool for us now, eh? <laughs> 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 but you know the the cool thing is is that we've created the habit and they've and they've got out there and they've got off the farm and they're they're doing something. It's awesome. Mate, so this obviously takes a lot of time and res- resources behind the team. So it wouldn't be just you, Steve. So has there been a lot of beneficiaries and benefactors that have really helped you get this off the ground? Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Like obviously, um, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty much um, hundred. Well, we are hundred percent sponsored. Like we've got no government mm. funding or anything like that. You know, as you would have seen in the mm. media with people like Mike King and all those guys. You know, it's it's a nightmare trying to get the the money we need out of the agencies. So we just do it ourselves and get it sorted. So we've got um, mm. we've got sponsors from um, six big local or six big national companies, and then probably over 200 companies all around New Zealand give us a, about a thousand bucks to help help um, keep it ticking over in their region and then on top of that um, we're hundred uh, percent volunteers like you know we've got people all over the country helping us out uh, we've got so big now that we do have one person on on wages sort of coordinating it all um, and then yeah basically everyone else just volunteers their time and gets stuck in so um, yeah it's the amount of sort of, um, you know, A, cash contributions and time volunteered is, is huge when you, when you think about what we're doing now. Yeah, and you're doing a good job too, you know. It's really sad that the agencies don't see the benefit in what this program can do. Talk, yep. Still staying on benefits, um, Stephen, what about the, the, the farmers? What benefits have they noticed and, and co- made comment to you about when they go out there and, and just get their mind in a, in a really good space? Oh, like there's just, so much um, that comes out of it, you know, like I just got a classic um, little one-liner, you know, and this guy turns up and he's, um, and he, and he's um, looking in a bit of a mood and we give him a surfboard and wetsuit and he goes out there and he comes back in and he puts the wetsuit down and he just drops a big F-bomb and he's like, if I bloody needed that, you know, and like, just all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then and then we've had other people say, well, you know, the, the the alternative was to be sitting at home looking at the brown grass, and we've got no feed. You know, we come down here and we 
forget that there's a drought and we're actually in the shit of a home, um, you know, like, so yeah, the guy, it literally just helps them switch off and, and to be fair, one of the, the other big things is like, we have it like, you know, we don't, don't literally run and take the piss too much, but you know, we do have a couple of beers afterwards and, and a barbecue and, um, and what, what we find there is like, because um, I've, I've been involved in like uh, rural consultancy and whatnot and, and you know, you can sort of do, um, you can do um, seminars and, and sort of woolshed um, talks when, when there's a drought or something, but you know, you get a whole lot of farmers in a room and, and they'll, they just can't listen or, or um, take the info in you're trying to give them to help because they're so focused on what's happening at home. Whereas they come down the beach, we have a, have a bit of a surf, have a um, refreshing sort of time and then um, and then you can have a chat and, and, and basically they've reset and they can listen and they can take things in and, and a, a young fella that's sort of going through his first drought will, will pick up information from an old dog that's been through 15 droughts you know mm. and, and all of a sudden yeah. flicks and he goes home and he can implement the new information and actually go forward and, and learn from it um, yeah so we're just like at the end of the day we're just sort of trying to a create a habit to teach guys that they need to get off farm and girls get off farm and take some time away from the business lot the thing with farming is it's you know you you know most jobs you you go to your office you um you knock off you come home and and your home is you know 20 30 whatever kilometers away on a farm you literally walk from the paddock 50 steps to your back door and and the and the work is still right there every day you, you never really switch off and and that's yeah. the problem. Unless you actually get off the farm away from it, you're, you're just constantly um, thinking about what's going on. Take take that uh, quote, and I bloody needed that, and whatever you want to else add into it, and take it to a company, mate, and make some T-shirts, because I'll take one of those. Um, <laughs> especially around and around. Like, you're sitting there in the surf. I'm going to talk for myself, because I'm mad keen surfing. You're sitting there, and you're looking... Back up the uh, up the coast at the farmland and across the farmlands, the mountain and Mount Taranaki, and there's nothing better than being out there in the water. So, what, what about yourself, mate? Like, how have you um, found the benefits of doing this yourself and, and helping the community out? Oh yeah, look, you know, at the end of the day, I, I sometimes I, I, I say the odd person think I, I think I might have been a bit selfish when I set this up. I might have needed it more than anyone at the time. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, like at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's not about me. It's, it's, there's a big team of people and, and I'm, I'm, you know, just because I was a fellow that had a bit of an idea, it wouldn't have been possible without everyone else that um, that got stuck in and, and helped make it work out. Eh? So, yeah, I, I like, the benefit to me is literally like I just, I guess, the, yeah, to me the, the benefit is, is just standing on the beach and watching these guys who've, been out for a surf as they roll up the beach one at a time carrying these big long boards like we get we get these nine footers that could probably float the all black front row sort of job you can't go wrong <laughs> we're, we're on plank um yeah you know the, the 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 buzz of just watching these guys walk up the beach and 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 looking happy to me that's that's all the benefit i need because it just knows that at the end of the day i think i've achieved something that's um probably helped a lot of people and and potentially probably saved some lives uh, Stephen, it's Ricardo here, mate, and I, I I couldn't help but think when we got you on, Stephen Thompson, and I and I thought about the UFC fighter Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and I thought what a wonderful nickname. How the hell did you end up with Dumper? 
Surely you deserve <laughs> a better nickname than that. <laughs> Beach breaks. I can't tell many people face-to-face let alone on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know this story, so I don't have to give you a call after this. Dump, but give you get the real reason why so I can share it to the lads. Well, actually, I'll, um, I was thinking there's a Sumner Beach. I need to get down there, so I'll come and camp with you, Izzy, and we'll bloody... Um, We'll digest a little bit more on it. Oh, bring those nine-foot planks, mate, because I'll need it. I'll need those nine-foot <laughs> planks to keep me afloat, brother. Hey, just just last one before we let you go. I know you're a busy man. Where do you want to see this get to? Where, where would you like to see Surfing for Farmers get to? Oh, yeah, look, I think the, the key one is is really just keeping it um, is keeping it fresh and, and people wanting to sort of keep coming. You know, we've got a few little ideas coming up, like, uh, you know, we're, we're keen to sort of run a little farmers tag team surf comp where we we all meet in one location in New Zealand, and then you know, bloody bring your your fattest farmer, your oldest farmer, a female farmer, your youngest farmer, and we have a tag team surfing comp and nice. something like that. And um, I've had this, I've sort of had this dream, like, and and you know, it's all good. We hire we hire all the gear off either surf schools or board riders, and they've been great. But the problem is, is we can only go to the beaches where the gear is. Um, so I've got this big pipe dream of like literally fitting out a, a horse truck and, and filling it up with boards and having the living area at the front and, and putting a couple of um, sort of people in it and just driving around the country, hitting way more remote beaches. Where yeah. You know, it's the remote parts of New Zealand that don't get the things like this because there's no ability to give it to them, you know. So we want to we want to get surfing farmers into um, more places and, and grow it and keep it fresh. You know, we're sort of talking about do we do we try and do like a fishing for farmers competition and things like that and, and to be fair the word farmers is pretty generic now I think too you know at the end of the day um, we started out trying to help farmers but it could be that we end up helping all sorts of people you know so just take take what we've created we know we've got a, a system that works we've, we've we don't need to sort of um, prove to anyone that it ticks all the boxes um, we know it works and we're just going to carry on and, and keep trucking and 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 try and help as many people as we can. Love it, mate. Absolutely love what you're about, Stephen. And uh, I just can't call you Stephen. I call you Dumper, but I no. love it, mate. And um, yeah, keep up the great work. If we're able to, to you know, tell our audience any way they can help you out, is there like anywhere we can go to if, if we could just donate a, a dollar yep. or a couple of cents, whatever? Is there anywhere we can head to? Yeah, so just um, um, surfingforfarmers.com or on our Facebook page. Um, yeah, you, you just track us down and, and flick us a message either on Facebook or email and we'll come back to you. But, um, yeah, I guess probably, um, you know, like I said, we do basically just run on sponsorships. So we've got to probably um, kick off with a few more sort of um, oh, fundraising plans later in the year or over the winter. So, yeah, just basically um, we might get you to try and pump those as we go. But, you know, it is, we're, we're, we're going all right. But, yeah, the more, we, more money we can get, the bigger and better we can go and the more we can do to help these people so yeah it's um very conscious that you know in, in the current times there's so many other agency or other groups out there trying to do the same thing so we don't want to be too um greedy or anything we just need enough to get us by but every dollar helps so beautiful steve appreciate your call this morning and you're an absolute legend we've just had someone come through what an absolute legend we need the world needs more men like that so there you go appreciation from our listeners thanks so much steve all good we'll be in touch
Yeah, get in touch, mate. You can stay at my house. All good. Love me. Thank you. <laughs> there he is. Stephen Thompson, more than an athlete, surfingforfarmers.com and on their Facebook page. If you're able, they're looking for donations because they want to get and keep growing this great initiative that they've got going. That was More Than an Athlete, brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. We'll shoot off and we're going to come back with a recorded playback of recording that Kempe got from Jordan Ricky, Māori All-Stars and Brisbane Bronco. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Well, we've been lucky enough to be joined by Jordan Ricky out of the New Zealand Māori camp as he prepares for this game on Saturday night against the Indigenous All-Stars. Kia ora, Jordy. How's it going down there, mate? How's your week been? Kia ora, kia ora. No, it's been, um, it's been amazing, eh? Being um, obviously back home and being a part of the first game uh, back home here in Rotorua and um, being around the fans and, and the culture, it's, uh, it's an amazing time. And um, uh, this is my third time uh, being in the, in the Māori All-Stars team. And, yeah, just, just can't be grateful and uh, privileged enough to, to be back home and um, obviously be, be a part of the, the first game here. So, yeah. Hey, Jordy, how's everyone handling the, I guess, the disruptions? You know, you've you started with a very good team named and then all of a sudden you lose Joey, you lose Jared, you know, Dallin can't make it into the side. Um, how, how's, the, how's the team handling that? And how especially all the new younger blokes that are coming in handling it? No, no, it's been, um, obviously, it's obviously a bit, a bit gutting um, <clears throat> having, having the, some of the boys having to pull out of, uh, you know, obviously for personal reasons and... Um, you know, it's a bit gutting, but you know, have it, these young boys that have come in and um, a few of the other players as well that ha- have stepped up um, last minute. It's just been awesome, and um, they've obviously really wanted to be here. And um, you know, the first day um, when the boys introduced themselves, you know, they they just couldn't express, um, you know, that it's a dream come true for them. And um, I remember being um, that player, you know, obviously playing um, All Stars before I played NRL, um, and yeah, I could just feel the buzz and, and just feel the excitement um, coming off those boys and um, yeah we just want to go out there and, and get the job done at, at the end of the day and um, you know do our do New Zealand and our culture proud so yeah. Hey Jordy, you came through the Rangatahi tournament uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's where you were spotted when you headed overseas what how what and how is it so why and how is it so important that uh, these Rangatahi tournaments are there for you to play in but especially for you now to come home and represent having been through that tournament? Oh, bro, it's it's um, it obviously means the world to me. Um, you know, getting spotted at um, the Rangitahi tournaments, but then also um, you know it gets a lot of kids um, a lot of exposure. You know, the, um, a, a lot of NRL clubs and scouts come down to these tournaments and they find um, kids who would never really get the opportunity wherever they grew up. And um, you know, it's just a an awesome week. And I remember um, coming through as a young fella. I just wanted to to get out there and obviously play for. My, my whānau and my culture, but then also at the end of the day, chase the dream. And it's awesome to see that um, these kids now are doing the exactly same thing that I did. So, um, yeah, it just means it means a lot um, to keep these, um, you know, obviously these Rangatahi tournaments keep going and um, all that sort of stuff. And then obviously leading into this week, um, we keep going back. You know, there's myself, um, Hayes Perham and Tuki Simpkins. We all come through the Rangatahi tournament as well. So um, it's just a very special um, time for for us three and the other boys as well. So, yeah. How good. How, how good is it to come back and, like you said, represent your whānau and your culture? Um, the, the the timing of the game, mate, do you think, you know, there's been a little bit of questioning around the timing of the game because of the World Cup last year and if it could be played at a different 
time of the year. Do you think, personally, you know, you're, you'll be a bit of a senior player at the moment, um, given the fact that a few of them have pulled out. Where do you think this window would be best for us to be playing it? Um, to be honest, bro, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great time. You know, obviously, we just had Waitangi Day go, and, um, you know, obviously... Um, Australia had their um, their day also as well, and um, you know obviously I know that it can be quite personal for 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 um, some of those people over there too. So I think it's at the time it's a it's a perfect time to celebrate both cultures, and you know they're both beautiful cultures, and it's amazing when when us two come together and obviously play um, one of the most loved games in both in both of the countries. So um, yeah, like I was saying, I think it's a it's a perfect time and. Um, obviously, some of the players they had to pull out. That's their personal reasons and uh, what they're going through. And um, you know, I wish those those boys all the best for this year. So yeah. Hey, just having a look. Let's go to the game on Saturday night. You up against a pretty good Indigenous All Star side. You got the spine of Latrell Mitchell, uh, Cody Walker, Nico Hines, and of course, coming out in the hooking position, Kieran Mosley. Has there been much talk about how potent that spine is and and how how big a job your forwards have to do to stop it? Yeah, of course. You know, they're obviously um, a huge threat um, for us boys um, coming up this weekend. And they're both individually great players. And, you know, that whole team actually is, um, you know, full of great players in, in their own right. So um, we've been talking about that spine especially, but then also um, all the boys coming um, all around the park. So uh, we, at the end of the day, bro, we just want to get out there and do our job and, and do our family uh, fun and uh, culture proud. So, um yeah, I can't wait for for this weekend, and it's going to be mean. So yeah, it's going. It's a pretty decent forward pack that you guys are running around with. You have got James Fisher Harris, Corey. Uh, is he playing hooker, Harawera Nida, along with uh, Nakora and Tapani off the back? It's a pretty impressive forward pack you're in the middle of. Yeah, yeah, bro. It is. It is. It's um. It's just awesome to surround myself by those senior players and, and learn as much as I can off them and obviously um like i keep saying and going back to just being around um the culture as well and uh, especially back home and yeah we do have an, a very impressive four pack but then we also got some um some punch in the back line too and um there's some great players um in the backs for us and um, we've got some young fellas that are coming in that um what i've seen over the last couple of training sessions that we have they've definitely got some spark and i think they're gonna um you know uh, light up the field and excite a few people so um yeah it's a third time for you, uh, mate. What's what's the highlight of the week for you? Oh man, I think just um, just just indulging. You know, like I just keep going back to it, man. Just indulging um, back in the culture and 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 just being around the boys. It's it's such an emotional um, feeling when you when you're running out there and you're representing um, your culture and you know all your heritage and and you know the people that went before you also as well and. Um, there's just a whole lot of respect um, between both um, cultures, and you know, like I, I said before, we're playing the playing one of the toughest games and the most beloved games in both countries, and like, I just think it's an awesome way to um, celebrate both cultures, and and you know, obviously get out in those communities, and um, you know, like I remember being a young Maori boy growing up and, and looking up at um, some of the Maori players coming through, like Benji Marshall. So um, hopefully, I could be a role model to um, those young young Maori and. Indigenous boys as well, boys and girls. Sorry, coming through. So yeah. And what about the? Uh, I guess the Rotorua Fano. Have they come out in droves, mate? I know you at the moment you're at the uh, Harvey Norman uh, shop there doing a doing a session, a fan session. But what's it been like down there for the week with the Rotorua Fano? Are they uh, going to pack the crowd out on Saturday? 
Yeah, yeah, no, they've been awesome, eh? They've uh, they've come out in full force here at Harvey Norman, and um, obviously a few times, um, you know, at our training sessions as well. And um, you can just see the excitement on everybody's face, uh, wanting to be around us boys, and obviously, like I said before, um, just seeing their idols. So um, yeah, it's just an amazing experience, and I'm very grateful to be here for the third time, and um, hopefully this isn't my last time. And yeah, and no, I just I just can't wait, like I said, um, to be back out there this weekend. So yeah. yeah. I can guarantee it won't be your last time, brother. You've been absolutely outstanding to to watch and view uh, for your for your club, the Broncos, and of course for Māori's this time of the year. Go well, Jordan. Thanks a lot for joining uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ, and all the best Saturday night. Go and smash them. Kilda bro, Kilda bro. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Araha. Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Time for some headlines for you. And uh, Angus Crichton, the Roosters' second row, has said to miss a significant part of the season after the club granted him leave to deal with personal issues. Definitely out of the first round, uh, various articles saying he could be out for most, if not all, of the season. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and wish him all the best. The White Ferns have lost their last warm-up game ahead of the T20 World Cup. They set England 115 to win and the Poms cruised it. They won by five wickets with six overs in hand after Sophia Dunkley went bang, scoring 60 not out off 38 deliveries. If there is a silver lining for the White Ferns, it's that their opponents in the opening game on Sunday, Australia, lost to Ireland by three wickets. Uh, on cricket, actually, the ICC's confirmed the Oval is the venue for the ultimate test uh, to decide the World Test Championship. At the moment, India and Aussie are one and two, but they meet in a four-test series, which could open the door for Sri Lanka in third or South Africa in fourth. The Sri Lankans play New Zealand in February and the South Africans play the Windies, so pressure on them to get wins to get them in to that group. Those are your headlines. Thanks to Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Yeah, and now it's time for our Cross to Pauli Moati Bet Live on your favourite sports app. Download the TAB app today, Pauli. There is a nice place in New Orleans, and it's called Louisiana. Were you on, son? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Kempi, how good, unbelievable. Uh, look, uh, I guess when Opie rides uh, uh, a horse, they, the bookies sometimes will sort of wind it back slightly, and uh, I think it's referred to as Opie tax. Um, well, if you keep on this role of yours, Kempi, we're going to have to start applying some Tony tax to your tips because you're on absolute fire at the moment. So what are you, yeah. going, to, what are you going to keep us off today? Yeah, <laughs> senseless Moali. <laughs> the anchor. <laughs> oh, Corky, that's rich coming from Ricardo. Fair dinkum. Oh. Oh. What you got, Paulie? Yeah, well, I'm just looking at Invercargill. I'm just wondering who you're going to tip out down south today. I, I'm not sure you've got any contacts down there. Um, I'm having even, a look at the market. this is all coming from contacts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around for a long time, Paulie. I've been around for a long time. Okay, I'm, I'm having a look at Invercargill and the best back favourite uh, on that eight-race card 
is in race four, number two, Lovelock, um, 480 into 360, trained by Jim Curran, ridden by Kylie Williams today. So that has been the best back favourite. But there have been a number of outsiders that uh, have been um, specced by punters. Race three, number four, Call Me Owl. Uh, first starter for Joanne Dalton, 31s into 21s. Um, and at this early stage of the day, that has been the best back runner uh, on the whole card down in Invercargill. So Call Me Owl has been the best back runner, 31s into 21s, uh, first starter, written by Kevin uh, Kalachurin. So there we go. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying, I'm not tipping anything out, guys. I'm just letting you know where the money's going. Nice, Paulie. Nice. And what about the uh, the... The game this weekend. Have you got a first try score for me? Uh, you talking about the uh, All Star game? All Star game. Because right, I've got one see. for you. Yep, yep. I'm um, just having a look. Who's the best back there? Out of the Moldy All Stars, the best back in that first try scorer market has been Jordan Rapana. He's uh, eleven dollars there, and the best back on the Indigenous All Stars uh, in that first try scorer market uh, it's still Latrell Mitchell at $10 Oh yeah well I think I think Latrell Mitchell will be involved in the first try score, I'm going to sell on Cobo uh, Where's Sal? Oh yeah he is the he's the favourite uh, uh, at $8.50 <laughs> <laughs> Throwing us off the scene to get the a Oracle Oh crikey Oh I heard you're talking about the uh, India-Australia uh, test uh, series that's about to start. And I can tell you, the boys have opened up a number of uh, series books. Uh, India, the favourites to win the series, uh, they're $1.57, and they've been the best back in that option there. The series correct score, the best back selection so far, India to win the series 3-0 at $7.50. Uh, and then we've got player of the series, uh, best back there, Steve Smith at $8. He's been on fire of late for the uh, uh, Australians. Uh, and then a series top run scorer, uh, once again, Steve Smith. He's the second favourite in that market behind Virat Kohli, uh, but he's the best back there. Currently paying six fifty to be the top series run scorer there. But in the actual first test, the Indians have been very well backed. Yeah, that, it looks like that pitch might be uh, might do a few things to the left-handers, Paulie, just quietly. <laughs> hey, uh, just before we let you go, mate, where's the money uh, for the Super Bowl? Eagles or Chiefs? Uh, look, they're fairly even, slightly more money on the Kansas City Chiefs, they're, and they're only just outsiders at $1.97 in that head-to-head market. The Eagles are $1.77, as I said. Not too much between those two teams in, in terms of uh, action. Um, I'm just having a look at the Super Bowl MVP market. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been the best back there. He's equal favourite with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes is 225 to be the MVP for the Super Bowl. He's the best back in that, followed by uh, his tight end, Travis Kelsey, mm. at $14. Don't forget... Uh, we've got a little promotion on the Super Bowl. I just placed a bet of $10 or more on the Super Bowl and then uh, enter the promo code SUPER and you'll get a $10 bonus bet to use on the Super Bowl. So uh, a little bit of extra incentive to have a little go there. And um, I know most people uh, will have a go on the Super Bowl anyway while they're watching it. 
with a bucket full of wings. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> oh, there we go. Wings. Heard about this. Wings. Uh, good stuff. There we are. Paulie the anchor. Mawati. I, I didn't say an- I didn't say anchor, mate. Not anything else. Uh, thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, watch your bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R-A-T. It is uh, 12 away from uh, 9, and uh, Kempi, we've got plenty of texts that have uh, sitting there that have been coming through uh, throughout this morning, talking golf, talking rugby, talking All Blacks coaches, all sorts. It's all all over the place here. We've got one here uh, from an unnamed texter about what they can do um, with our, our mate Steve Thompson in a surfing uh, for farmers. He said, donate a board. Of course you can. Go on to surfing, uh, surfingforfarmers.com and check out their website and do that. We've got another one over here from Kevin Izzy. New Zealand rugby always procrastinate. What's the same race is going to be the right one? Foster's on a hiding to nothing, win or lose. It'll be the same result for him. Gone. I've always had the opinion you need international experience under the belt. Jamie and Brownie are doing that. They are my choice. That's from Kev and Titarangi, who's going to get a full full up today because he also says, here, Kempe, I've got... Uh, Eternal Flame in a multi with a Lure Rebel. Race two um, at $10 up or return, 70 good odds. So, Kev, let's hope that that cookie jar keeps get full, gets the full up. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, plenty more coming through as well. Um, Richie is obviously talking about Stephen Thompson, saying the world needs more men like him. Uh, this one too, we were talking about Super Rugby and about whether or not you know you sell those franchises, you get investment that way. Uh, and Zane has said, guys, billionaires don't buy clubs to make money. It's just the status of buying a club. Even the third division teams in France are owned by mega wealthy guys who want the status of owning a club, even though they aren't on TV. You can sell the Super franchises, but only if you gave them full ownership. Now they are trying to sell shares to people looking to make money, which isn't interesting to these guys. They want the status, not the money. That's from Zane and uh, some good points there, mate. Some good points. Neil did say super clubs are already privately owned partially. Uh, we've seen the collapse of two English rugby clubs, so that is not the perfect ma- model. Neil saying, I think we need a better link to Japan, and I, I agree with that, Kempi. Yeah, indeed, right. I think I think the, the, the face of the game is changing uh, Ricardo, we saw that when Charles Piercehill went up north, and everyone was just talking about the jersey. When really, money was starting to take over, and you've got that here from Costa Morning Boys. Uh, tough seeing these boys go to Japan, etc. But can't argue with it. If you have played sixty tests, maybe you can still be chosen for overseas. And who the hell is going to be our number ten next year? Huge hole. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's the Gitto law, isn't it? That he's talking about. That's what the Aussies have. Uh, the Gitto law. So you can, if you've done more than sixty tests and you're playing in overseas, you can still be picked for the Wallabies. I don't know if New Zealand will go down that route. Oh uh, yeah, looking at it, that is a great question. No Bowden, no Richie next year. Uh, I don't know where D Max at. I mean, Stephen Perafeta. How much ten is he going to get to play for the Blues? Maybe uh, NZR will have a bit of a Brings chat to lead on into the Brings young Awani into the into the mix too, doesn't mm, yeah, it? So, Josh, yeah. um, do we see a changing of the guard happening sooner for the World Cup? Maybe who knows? Who knows? Indeed, we'll keep an eye on that. Thanks for your text. Keep the rolling through. Double eight, double three. When we come back, we've got a tip for you for pacing with purpose, and we'll catch up with Smithy as well. We're three away from nine, and you're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Time for pacing for purpose for Harness Racing New Zealand. Today at Cambridge, race four, number eight, Merlin. Must be the one in this. Eight wins in nine starts and warming up for next week's 200,000 Harness Million. Looks a great chance, even from the wide draw, over 1,700 metres. Currently, we're sitting at 610. We are third out of four, so we need a win here to uh, to catch up to everybody else, including uh, this next uh, man, of course, uh, the doyen, Ian Smith, who's on next. Uh, g'day, Smithy. 
Morning, Ricardo. I guess you're a little bit nervous. I'm just looking at Manchester United and Leeds make their way out into Old Trafford tonight. So, lead, uh, tonight English time and uh, this morning now for um, important game for yeah. Leeds in particular. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying to Kempi, it didn't make a lot of sense from Leeds. They backed Jesse Marsh in the transfer window. He brought in three players. Spent a good chunk of change, and he uh, had one game before they sacked him. Didn't make doesn't make a lot mm. of sense. You know, you either either stick or twist. But uh, they, they seem to have. I think that's on the owners that one. Yeah, it is actually. So yeah, really, really important game um, for for Leeds though because uh, they sit in the relegation zone as we speak. And um, you know, I, I know there's uh, still a lot of games to go in the season, but uh, you don't want to be lingering there too long. No, they've got United two games back to back because we play mm. them uh, play them today uh, in about five minutes' time and play them again on the weekend because this is the uh, game that was uh, postponed due to the Queen dying. So um, we ended up playing Leeds back to back. That's why that's happening the way it is. Okay, right. Well, today, what have we got on our show, Ricardo? We've got uh, Richard Whiffin very shortly. Uh, he's the Highlanders' attack coach, uh, an Englishman who's uh, been brought into a new look coaching setup. Uh, Lance Dry from uh, the Wellington Blaze. They've uh, already made the final, of course, coming up this weekend. But uh, who are they going to play? Because this afternoon, it's the Sparks against the Magicians. So that's Otago against Canterbury to decide who's uh, going to play the Wellington Blaze. Uh, we'll chat uh, to Ben Gardner, he's the um, NRL, NRL uh, Murray All-Stars coach, of course an Australian, but uh, for the first time of course they're hosting it in New Zealand here, so um, what about uh, the cultural side of it uh, being down there in uh, Rotorua in the build-up, so that'll be interesting. We've got a pacing for Purpose Horse as well uh, to try and stay ahead of you guys. Um, we might uh, try and hear from uh, Brennan McCullum after 11 o'clock. He's in a press conference, uh, so we might try and get some little excerpts out of that. So we can big show, you. big show, Smithy. Big hey, show. Where, where do you stand on this uh, this lack of noise coming at NZR and uh, Razor making all this noise? Look, oh, I'm baffled. I, I just don't know where this has come from out of nowhere. So I mean, I, I'm like everyone else around the country. I'm just thinking, what's the relationship like? All of a sudden, has it ever been any good? That's the worry. That is the worry. That's the worry for me. Yeah. yeah. Have a great show, Smithy. Looking forward to hearing it, mate. And uh, uh, go well. We'll be back from 6 o'clock tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, Dagger will be back in as well. He had an early tea time, so had to shoot off. Uh, but we'll, we'll catch up on that and more tomorrow from 6.